Hello and welcome to this quick video from Power Planners Assembly. With tax year end fast approaching, we thought we'd share some top tips on things you should be thinking about. And I'm really pleased to be joined by Brian from Transact. Brian, if people don't know you, please introduce yourself. Yes, morning. Thanks very much, Richard. Thanks for the invite along. I'm Brian Radburn, Head of Technical Services at Transact. And I'm proud enough to say I've been there since last millennium. So uh, over 23 years, heading up a team of 13 there where we do all things technical, including providing support to advisor firms, including power planners, of course. And it's great to have you along with us again. So I'm going to get straight into it. Let's start off with pensions. Brian, what, what's the top things we should be thinking about with pensions? Well, the big thing here, of course, is it's um, you're getting... Um, tax advantages for making contributions. So for goodness sake, make as much use of your contribution allowances as you can do. Um, not just in the current year, of course, but having got that out of the way, don't forget you've got the three previous years to do the carry forward from. And this is a conveyor belt situation. So if you've got room in the, the year three years back, the tax year three years back, use it because after the 5th of April, it's gone and you've lost it. So there's a big incentive really to the extent that the cash is available uh, that that contribution should be made. Um, alongside that, there's some other sort of finessing you can do. So somebody who's in and around the hundred thousand and you know are starting to lose their personal allowance, their adjusted net income is going to be over a hundred thousand. One of the things you can do is, of course, make a, a, a pension contribution because that's an allowable deduction against that adjusted net income calculation. Get you back under the hundred thousand, or at least limit the amount of personal allowance you're going to lose. So that's a, a useful thing to be able to do. And just going back, I think, Richard, on the on the annual allowance, tapering is something that is, is, has been a problem for a lot of people. But don't forget, for those that this affects, and I appreciate it's, it's a limited band of people, but the first part of calculating whether or not you're going to get hit by tapering is the threshold income situation, which very generously, three years ago, Rishi Sunak raised 90,000 up to 200,000 pounds. But to the extent you can get underneath the 200,000, you don't have to worry about doing the adjusted income calculation, which determines your tapering. So if you're in and around the 200,000 limit where you're going to get caught and have to do that calculation, but you've got the capacity to make a contribution, again, you can pull that figure back down because that's an allowable deduction when working out the threshold income. So there's all those things where people are affected. You know, they might be tapered. That's a way of possibly avoiding it for some people. Appreciate it's a, it, it's a niche area, but it's certainly worth considering. And then on the employer side, a couple of things, of course, salary sacrifice is a way, a very efficient way of getting contributions in. Yes, you have a, a reduced salary, you give that up. Pension contributions are then paid by the employer on your behalf. You've got a lower salary, you're paying lower NI. The employer saves NI and in many situations, uh, hopefully, we'll offer that up as an additional part to, to the contribution that's being made. Um, and of course, with that, if, if you've got capacity for full carry forward, so for example, let's say in an extreme situation, you hadn't made any contributions in the previous three years, but you've been a member of a scheme, so you're entitled to do, then you could effectively have the 40,000 this year, three years of 40,000, that's 160 if my maths is any good. Now, it might be that you're earnings for the year are say 90, 95,000. So you as an individual couldn't contribute more than 95,000 as a gross contribution. But of course, your employer, to the extent that you can satisfy what they call the wholly and exclusively rule. So in respect of the job you're doing for the company, is this a justifiable contribution? Typically, the answer to that is yes. Then that's another good way of getting a lot of money into your pension. Um, so there's a few angles really, Richard, from both the personal, but also the company side. 
Uh, and just one last point on companies, of course, subject to whatever might happen in the budget in a couple of weeks, and there's a lot of what ifs there, um, from the employer's point of view, uh, if they wait to make a big contribution till after the 1st of April, of course, the corporation tax rates are going up from that day. And for those companies affected by it, the, big, the bigger companies, it may be worth waiting just until that point to make the big contribution because you're going to get better relief in, in terms of the rate that's applied. Yeah, there's a very so small think... window between the 1st of April and then the it is. to get those contributions. So, so be prepared is, is, is the tip on that one if, if you're going to go there. Uh, that's great. Thanks, Brian. Lots on pensions as always. So let's have a, a focus in now on income tax itself. What, what are your tips there? Um, we, we've got a lot going on here since, you know, we had the, the two budgets uh, at the end of last year. And, and um, one of the... Uh, negatives that came out of that is that we know that the dividend allowance is going to get reduced um, in half uh, on the 6th of April from 2000 to 1000. So to the extent, and I appreciate this won't be for everybody, that you can bring dividend income forward into this tax year, thinking of people with their own businesses often pay themselves, don't they, with dividends because they're paying less tax on the dividends. You want to make use of that allowance, do so, bring it forward into this tax year, pay the dividends uh, and make the maximum use of that allowance. Um, and of course, beyond that, uh, it's going to drop again the following year to five, 500 pounds. So that's quite a, a, a serious implication. So to the extent that you can deal with um, bringing income forward, you certainly should do. Um, things like um, going back to adjusted net income again, uh, you can make gift aid donations. I mean, as well as that being a really good thing to do and, and very philanthropic, it does have some tax advantages for you. If you're a higher or, or, or additional rate taxpayer, you get to claim that difference between whatever rate you're paying and basic rate. And that's done by extending the sort of tax bands uh, to be able to be done. So that's a, that's a useful thing to do. Um, and just a quick point going back to uh, allowances in Scotland, of course. Um, We've got a drop, and this is Scotland, it applies to everybody, but the, the rates in Scotland are different and they're going to get slightly more different. So on the 6th of April, the higher rate threshold is going to drop from 150 to 125, 140. So you're going to be paying in England 45% uh, a lot sooner. And in Scotland, it's going to go to 47%. So again, to the extent that you can bring forward income, um, into the current tax year so that you don't get hit with those higher rates of tax you're paying at 40 or in Scotland, I think it's 41. Um, again, you've got the uh, the chance to do that and should do that uh, to save yourself a bit of tax. Yeah, and that's a really good point, that one. Um, let, let's turn on now to um, sort of ISIS and I'll, I'll pick up a couple of things here. So don't forget, you, you've got your allowances and, and they disappear after the 5th of April. So make sure people are using them. Don't forget licenses, lifetime ISAs as well um, for, for relevant people. Watch out for those. Great time of the year for doing better ISA, although not as good as the start of the tax year, which is when you should really be doing it. Um, but if you haven't done it so far this year, better ISA. Um, and uh, Brian, Transact's one of the few companies that operates a flexi ISA, and it's a good chance for people to maybe kind of top up above the 20,000. Do you want to just explain briefly how that works? Yes, if you've got the rules in place, which we've had since it's been possible, if you draw out cash from your ISA during the course of the tax year, you can put it back in, providing you do it before the end of the tax year, and it doesn't count as an additional subscription. So if at some point in the year you had to make a 20,000 withdrawal, for whatever reason, and you took it from your ISA to pay for something that you needed, that cash is now re-available, if you like. Um, get it back in 
before the end of the tax year because you can do and it doesn't affect the fact that you've already paid your maximum 20,000 as a subscription. Um, it, you're, you're able to get that money back in. Um, it's quite a tight rule. It's got to be cash that goes back in. It can't be in speech. It's got to go back into the same ISA it came out of. But of course, from our point of view, we don't mind that because we have the rules that can deal with it. And does that work for fees that have been taken out of the ISA as well? It does, yes, because that's still a withdrawal, still a cash withdrawal from the ISA. So yes, it does. Yeah, okay, brilliant. And let's uh, turn to another tax now, capital gains tax. What are, what are your tips for that one? Yes, of course, that was one of the big headlines, wasn't it, in the, um, the statement just before Christmas, this um, quite significant reduction in the annual exemption amount from 12.3 as it is now down to six in the next tax year. And then, of course, dropping again down to um, three, 3,000 the following tax year. So make use of the allowance you've got now. Make sure you can fully use that 12,300 in the, in the current tax year. Things to think about. Um, you may have losses, of course, make use of losses as well, but don't overdo it because what you want to do is fully use your 12,300. If you bring too many losses into the tax year, it might be that you only end up using, say, £5,000 of that allowance. Um, so manage those losses because you can always carry those forward on to subsequent years and use them in the future. Um, so that's an important point to bear in mind there. Spouses, civil partners going to have their taxed independently. So are you able to make maximum use of both people's allowances? If it's sort of loaded one side at the moment, then you can use interspousal transfers to shift the CGT position across to the other, the other party. Then do your um, uh, do your uh, selling of those assets and making full use of both parties twelve thousand three hundred. Um, so they're the main things there. Really, for goodness' sake, make use of the, the bigger allowances that we've got now. Um, but Losses, yeah, great, but be mindful not to overuse them, really, because you can always carry the bits you don't use forward and, and set them off against the lower allow allowances in the in the following years. Yeah, brilliant. And, and talking about kind of inter-spouse, inter-civil partner um, transfers, the same applies with bonds. So we get involved in quite a few cases where you've got investment bonds um, and there's a chance to maybe surrender um, either side of the tax year and, mm -hmm. and start to get double allowances. And, of course, if you have... Um, a bond jointly owned or even singly owned, you can assign it between spouse and civil partner and get twice the allowances all over again. So that's something for bonds as well. Um, let's finish off with a, with a tip for IHT. Yeah, again, we have um, annual allowances that you should make the most of if you can. I mean, they're, they're pretty um, uh, limited, aren't they? It, to the extent that I think they've been the same since I've been working and I've been working a long time. Mm -hmm. I wasn't this grey when I started. Um, so everybody gets the £3,000 that they can give away uh, each year. And to the extent that you didn't use it last year, you can sort of carry that forward. So a potential maximum of 6000 If you know anybody getting married, uh, then you can give away sort of 5000 if you're a parent. Um, I think it's um, half of that for grandparents and, and, and 1000 for other people. Then do so. A couple of things with the marriage uh, exemption is they've got to get married, funnily enough. Uh, but also, more importantly, you've got to make the gift before they get married. You can't make that retrospective. Um, but yes, those those gifts should be made, um, or those allowances should be made use of use of if if you've got some gifting plans. There are the other the gifts out of normal expenditure, um, but that isn't tied so much to the tax year, I suppose, other than to say that you have to prove you've got the surplus income to make the gifts. 
So that's going to be on a tax year by tax year basis. So as and when the individual who's used that allowance dies and the revenue might come along and say, have you got some proof about how you can justify what's been given away? Because it can be significant amounts. Then the record that should be kept will say, well, in this tax year, I had net I had surplus effective uh, after tax income of this amount. And that's how I justified giving that, that money away. So those sort of things should certainly be paid attention to before the end of the tax year. Yeah, keeping good records on IHT gifts is oh. essential. Um, so um, it will pay dividends in the future, uh, as they say. Um, Brian, that was brilliant. Thank you so much for sharing your top tips for the tax year end there. We hope you found those useful. Uh, and don't forget, there's plenty of content on the rest of our website. And if you've got any questions, pop them in the big tent. Um, thank you and goodbye from us. Goodbye.